Action Park Media. Uh, kia ora everyone, happy new year. I feel very honoured to be able to deliver this podcast and uh, YouTube video to you guys with my hypnotherapist Beck. Um, yeah, this is kind of in response to having our miscarriage and wanting to provide a resource for others and some practical tools that you can apply um, if unfortunately you have to walk through this path as well. So this is Pretty Depressed Special Edition with Beck. So I am joined by the beautiful Beck. Beck is uh, my hypnotherapist friend. Uh, <laughs> beautiful addition to my life this year and has really helped me in a lot of ways. Um, the purpose of this chat is that after Tom and I went through miscarriage, just the amount of people reaching out saying that they didn't have perhaps access or funds to help and support, uh, not necessarily just as it pertains to miscarriage, but grief or spiraling thoughts and something that Beck's been really helpful for me on and something I experienced definitely through this miscarriage process is kind of when my thoughts get away from me and although I understand logically why things happen, my emotions are stronger or I can't get a handle on my emotions often. Um, spiraling thought, feeling like my thoughts are hurtful as well and not really knowing how to interject or intervene and, and it can get to a dark place. And I know that a lot of people dealing with grief or miscarriage or any traumatic event can find themselves in a position where they feel isolated or alone or don't have any tools. And so something Beck does amazingly is um, kind of give some practical ways and I thought it would be a really helpful resource for people, if they wanted it, they can listen, they can watch, and also just share the beautiful magic that is Beck. So, Beck, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for having me along. And I think the first thing to acknowledge is around the fact that with that grief of miscarriages, so I remember a, uh, when I was doing all my training, a tutor said to me, Where there's grief, there's trauma. So I think that most people through the human experience that we have are going to experience some form of grief in one way or another. But today specifically in relation to miscarriage, I think that it can be incredibly heart-wrenching and heartbreaking. And, you know, I'll work with people that it's reoccurrent or, you know, they're on a fertility journey and lose that side of hope and their their nervous systems just so overwhelmed with grief, with anxiety, with fear, with anger. There's so much going on that and, and also that difficulty or of being able to reach out. Like it's feeling like yeah, they don't they, they don't have that support around them. Because I think that with it's very different going through say miscarriage to say losing somebody that's been here in the physical form right so say a parent or a sibling or, or whatever it might be that's also incredibly heart-wrenching but it's a different experience because it's yeah they they were here for all that time whereas it's like of what could have been yes that yes, wasn't so. yes yeah. So that that's where often, you know, some of that um, challenge can lie as well, is that it is 
having a different journey with that grief and, and being able to approach it with like a flexible roadmap, a flex, flexible roadmap because yeah. grief, you know, where there's grief comes and goes and ebbs and flows. And I think that's almost kind of a um, mantra that people can hold on to just with having this call at the moment is, yeah, mm. grief comes and goes and ebbs and flows. And with emotions, they actually circle when they're moving through the body, it's actually a 90 second current that kind of shifts through the body. Okay. But the reason that it continues to re-stimulate and re-stimulate is generally through the thoughts that we're having as well. So today we're going to go through a couple of different tools that are kind of interchangeable and that are soft and gentle because Obviously, I have to be careful in the respect of what's shared um, without being able to kind of screen anyone. So what can I give people to support them with? Um, that's just gentle and kind of that self-compassion piece and loving piece rather than diving into the depths of perhaps a traumatic experience, right? Um, I think that's especially helpful with dealing with this miscarriage thing because uh, I know even though I'm a would make a great mother and all that you know the fact that it hasn't worked and even though I know logically I'm at no fault of that there is still that blame and that self you know negative self-talk that can happen about yeah thought process so I think yeah having some self-compassion is probably a good yeah. thing See if yeah. people have this path before because yeah quite interesting I never would have thought I would have those thoughts of it being my fault but you you your yes. brain can go there you know even if you know logically that's not what happened it's just your brain trying to find ways to hurt you because you're hurting yeah and uh, yeah and it's also a protection measure like it's doing everything it can to actually keep you safe at the same time but those thoughts can also be tied up somewhere completely different like completely historic especially depending upon um, our upbringing our teachings that we learned from a really small age and what I mean by that is I guess our generation specifically kind of had this idea of you know to be a good little girl and you know that you'd hear things like don't be naughty and be good and that type of thing that kind of can lead to um, naturally feeling like something's your fault when perhaps it's not your fault it's it, even with anger, you know, you'd be, get told not to be angry or whatever it might be. So you're taught that anger isn't a, you know, a, an emotion we should experience when really it can be incredibly noble and it, it can be incredibly motivating as well. It, yeah. And so anger can be a byproduct that's experienced off grief as well. And I guess that's something to mention is the fact that with grief comes an ordeal of other emotions. We can experience anger, we can experience fear. Yeah. We can also begin experience things like shame and guilt as well. So when working with people is being able to kind of um, work with all of that emotional landscape as well. And often the first part is acknowledging um, or acknowledging the different emotions that are there, but also kind of understanding that if there is anger, that it's actually trying to help us. Um, and this kind of, how I said that kind of leads me into I mentioned before around thought patterns is that kind of that fear that can pop up and then we have those ruminating thought patterns that kind of leads me into that belief piece as well because our beliefs do matter so and this can be a, a little bit of a girthy subject so we won't go too deep into it but we start to unpack those beliefs in sessions 
and understand whether they are resourceful or whether they've become a little bit outdated and begin re redefining them um, and redirecting them in a more of a yeah helpful reframe. And I kind of stay a word stay away from the word positive because when you're experiencing something as heavy as grief and miscarriage, let's just look at different reframes or different types of ways to think or navigate it rather than you know, you hear this idea of, oh, be positive. And it's like, oh my gosh, you just want to shake somebody when you hear those words, right? It's just so frustrating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So when I'm, uh, to give you a little bit of the background of when I am working with somebody before we kind of jump into the tools is that we'll unpack the grief. So it's a place that's really safe that you can feel seen, you can feel heard. We can um, unpack it together in whatever way necessary so we can start processing the grief. And then once we've started processing it and there's usually home care to go with that and apart from the home care to do all the practice to do, there'll be hypnosis recordings to listen to that are really gentle and lovely and um, start to kind of create new pathways within the brain to perhaps jig things around a little bit um, because our, our brain is really um, is all about that we can redirect our thoughts all the time if we wished or if we had that awareness to be able to mm-hmm. and then from there it's where I'll kind of approach it with a three bifold of reducing stress increasing hope and expanding possibilities So naturally with grief, you're going to experience some form of stress, right? And we know that stress is, um, we're not going to get out of this lifetime not experiencing stress. But um, when we have too much of it, it can often, you know, start to, we're activating that part in the body, that fight and flight that we perhaps only want there now and then. We, you know, it's kind of like a, it's a car alarm, so perhaps we only want to hear it every so often. We don't want to hear that car alarm going off all the time. And then increasing hope is all about um, being able to, that's kind of working with those thoughts and redirecting them. And expanding possibilities, that kind of comes down to, and this is um, probably an important piece to just mention, is what I notice when I'm working with loss, and I've worked with birth loss and miscarriage, is that often I see a freeze response play out and what a freeze response is or in terms of how the nervous system works is when we can start to feel really disassociated or kind of we pull back, we maybe isolate ourselves, we become a little bit shut down or demotivated, doom scrolling, we can be scrolling through our, you know, Instagram and just or Facebook or whatever it might be and or it can even be too overwhelming to make food. Like we, we're hungry, but it's too overwhelming to make or too overwhelming to clean up. So we're in this kind of shutdown state. And that's what I notice a lot. So by expanding possibilities and working through the freeze response with giving hypnosis tools and also somatic tools, it's looking around enriching all parts of life. So taking action on the things that satisfy us in our life and create some positive choices around them as well to start kind of pulling us out of that freeze response. Because mm-hmm. it's just there to keep us safe. It's just a protection measure. Um, but- it's, uh, I'm, I'm sitting here nodding because it's uh, drawing a lot of parallels to when I was in my worst kind of depressive state. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's almost like, 
at least anger is a feeling or at least uh, sadness is a feeling where sometimes that, yeah, that numbness is what's scary and scary to family members and friends when there's just kind of no, yeah, you're right. It's that freeze or so it's like a full body shutdown almost. Yeah. Yeah. And often burnout can go really hand in hand with that as well, um, which I know we've kind of talked about. So it's like, (laughs) yeah, but it's having those kind of, I guess, strategies and tools. And one of them today, or we're going to do really shortly, is um, it's more of an awareness process, but then we kind of end with a really lovely somatic tool. I don't think we've actually done it before, so it might be a little bit new. And yeah, great. I've tried to kind of think of some things that are um, new, but still in that space of um, being really gentle and soft. Before Kim and I jumped on this call, I just spoke about the fact that we don't want to be... um, you know, when we're working with something like grief or trauma specifically, often that's in a one-on-one um, yes. therapeutic space. So these tools are more there as supportive resources that you can begin using um, without with them being really gentle and really soft. And yeah, so we're not uh, perhaps activating anything we shouldn't. Totally. Yeah. No, no, I appreciate that. And I appreciate you donating your time and services to just be something I think you know when people feel like they're at a loss and they have nothing even just having something practical to do is is really helpful so thank you yeah yeah is that practicality isn't it as human beings I feel Mm -hmm. so understanding also what our relationship is with um, crying can be helpful so um, a lot of people that I'll see in the respective miscarriage or um or baby loss is they find it really quite challenging to be able to express those emotions in the respect of crying. So what crying means to us as an individual person or what we learned about it growing up. And again, considering whether there's a belief there that perhaps needs to be worked through because crying is actually a really, really amazing expression that we should or could, I shouldn't say should, could do more of because when we cry, we begin shifting cortisol. So that's part of that stress response. And we begin releasing endorphins, which is that relaxation response, but it also allows us to feel good. So you'll know when you've had that good old cry, how it actually, and it might even be that hyperventilating in the beginning where it's like, you know, you watch like a, I don't know, a five-year-old or something and they're like, And it's, you know, really quite full on. But then once those tears are gone, we can start to come into that relaxed space. Yeah. Yeah. So also, hey. Love a good cry. Like, yeah, I mean, I don't love it at the time, but it does feel, I always cry in the shower. Yeah. It's so releasing. And even if when you're in the shower, that's a beautiful place to cry because that water is being able to actually kind of tap into it as a visual in terms of a visualization. I know that you're extremely visual. I know not everyone is, but um is being able to visualize that water that's coming off you, just kind of cleansing you and rejuvenating you and you know, or whatever you want to tap into at that time as those tears move through, that can be just kind of a nice way you know, visualization to utilize as well. Yeah. Um, And treating our grief as though it's like a visitor. So being able to treat it like it's a visitor, sometimes it can feel incredibly present and all-consuming and overwhelming and that really kind of heart-wrenching and awful, really. And other times it can be quite settled and quiet. 
And that's really a normal experience of grief, knowing that it will pass, but also it may visit again. And sometimes when we have those moments of happiness, and it will be interesting to hear your experience on this as well, if you have like a happy moment or um, a joyful moment, maybe you've even just with your trip around the South Island recently and, I don't know, jumping off that bridge and doing all those crazy things, which I'm just so impressed by, (laughs) is that you can feel this wave of happiness or joy, but suddenly the grief becomes really apparent and present again. And that's because the grief wants to be acknowledged. It's like, hey, no, I'm still here. Acknowledge me. Yeah. 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 And then there's almost this guilt layer sometimes too, if you have yeah, that you should be sad the whole time or, yeah, it's kind of judging your journey, self-judging your own journey of emotions and stuff, yeah. Yeah, totally, and that's where we start to um, pull back on the judgment, offer that self-compassion and approach it with curiosity and observation. I always find that being able to reframe that word judgment with observation and curiosity can be quite a positive shift just within that as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's yeah, we're treating it like a bit visitor in terms of it can come and go and just becoming aware and being able to acknowledge it when it does arrive. And I think sometimes speaking out loud to it can be quite powerful and positive or resourceful is that when we can name an emotion, we can begin to tame the emotion. So something like, oh, hello, grief, I'm going to be here with you right now. I'm willing to be here with you right now. And that might feel really quite odd and almost resistant to a lot of people that we're talking out loud to our emotions. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But you may notice that there is actually like that, there's A, the acknowledgement, but it's like a little bit of relief that goes with it. Or what do you need right now, grief? What is it that you need right now? I think that's not what I did. And I should, yeah, I think I kind of like band-aid. I tend to band-aid things. And like after miscarriage, you know, we had a family trip and all of this. And I just like, it wasn't until I had a few too many Chardonnays that like what you don't deal with deals with you because it was wanting to be acknowledged. And I was kind of like, everything's fine. No one knows, you know, doing that kind of stuff. And yeah, a much healthier way to do it. Because I, yeah, I didn't give myself permission to really feel upset until it became an overwhelming thing that I had to. Yeah. Does that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And so they, they, they that would have been a healthier way to deal with it and be like, it's totally fine to feel loss. Of course you're going to feel loss and acknowledge the grief in the room and stuff. I didn't do any of that. Yeah, and that's uh, often we're wanting to push it because, you know, when we feel good, um, like an emotion that's, uh, you know, really uplifting, we want to hold on to that, right? Because that allows us to feel good. But when we experience something that's perhaps more in that um, contracted energy of things like um, guilt, grief, shame, fear, it's like, oh, no, we're going to just push that right down. And we feel that kind of like let's just kind of suppress it and we'll deal with it later. Let's put that's you know, I have started hearing a lot of the time with people saying, Oh, that's a 2024 problem. So it's like, oh, let's yeah, just I say future Kim. That's a future Kim thing. Yeah. It's a future Kim thing. I'll yeah. be on a Disney cruise and uh, be crying all the time. So we'll 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 deal with this next week was kind of like it's a future Kim thing, which yeah. Awesome. 
And you'll notice that when we do, and and so that's a really powerful process is speaking out loud to the grief, asking it what it needs at that time, or I'm willing to be be here with you right now. Because you'll notice that the more that that's done as well, like I said, the emotion is actually kind of like a 90-second cycle. It's the thoughts that continue to re-trigger it. Um, So it may feel old, it may feel resistant, but going slow and being compassionate with yourself. So even if it's only just momentary, right, like if you can only do it for a moment, great. If you can do it five, five to 10 minutes, amazing as well. Um, it'll be different with every experience. Um, Much like I say with meditation as well is that no two meditations will be the same. So it's like, no, you know, every experience we can, you know, pull back from putting that self-judgment on ourselves and just be curious and open to the experience instead. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, asking it what it needs. Yeah. So um. I'm going to take you through a wee tool now, which is just more of an acknowledgement and awareness tool. Um, I'll kind of keep it open as well so that um, perhaps for some people it may be grief that the focus is. For others it might be anger or it might be um, it may be um, something like fear as well. So it's kind of open to an extent. Um, you might even want to grab for people that are listening out there, a piece of paper so you can reflect on your experience and just write down what comes up. Some of this may be really new. um, And I'll kind of mention something at the end as well. So, yeah, cool. So only take us a few moments. And that's what's great is that a lot of the things that I do resource people with is, um, you know, say two to five minutes of just being able to do something that's positive, well, resourceful for yourself and yeah helps to some extent cool so where you are right now you can go ahead and I want you just to take a lovely deep breath in and then a lovely long exhale out and as you breathe in again I want you just to notice on the exhale if you can allow to make that a little longer that's it and if you haven't closed your eyes down at home you can go ahead and close your eyes down and just a few more cycles of this lovely breath, breathing in and breathing out twice as long. And just noticing or becoming aware of the body. And you can begin to scan the body and just notice any sensations. There's no need to judge, just becoming aware of what's coming up whether it's more about thoughts or feelings or perhaps it's more about feelings and thoughts. Just noticing if there's any part of your body that's calling for your attention and noticing where it is, where its wee home is in the body. And even noticing whether there's any resistance to tap into this or any judgment. Just being curious, observing the body and the mind, the experience. And remembering that our emotions are designed to move through us and to be experienced. 
to feel what's present is an act of self-compassion. So now just placing your hands on your heart and breathing into that heart space. That's it. And as you breathe into that lovely heart space, just noticing your breath flowing in and flowing out. And the body codes everything. So as you notice where perhaps this tension's felt or there's any discomfort, or perhaps it's something I haven't thought to mention, just begin noticing how big it is. Maybe noticing the weight of it. Whether it's still, or maybe it's moving, or maybe it's hard to tell. That's it. Now I just want you just to keep your arms crossed on your heart space, but I want you just to extend out the shoulders. So placing the hands on the shoulders, just crossed over, that's it. And I want you just to begin just gently, just rocking from side to side and just breathing as you rock gently. That's it. Just breathing as you rock gently. And just asking yourself whether there's anything to be heard or perhaps seen. And also asking yourself how you'd like to respond. Just as you gently breathe and rock from side to side, knowing that this is just a safe place just to acknowledge this emotion and allowing to be with it as it moves through you. That's it. And now just crossing, you can even open your eyes if you wish, you can cross your hands and just bring them a little bit closer in. And I want you just to begin just or ending this with just what's called a butterfly tap. And you can keep your eyes open or you can soften the gaze or close. And I want you just to begin tapping just side to side. And just noticing you can, whether you want a firm tap or maybe a gentle tap, you might want to speed it up or slow it down. Just working out what's needed for you here as you just tap side to side. And this is just helping to release any anxiety or stress. But also if you've experienced a freeze response, is able to just allow the body to start to come back or come back into that place of balance, of homeostasis. And just coming back to that loving state for yourself. And then just taking a lovely deep breath in. And as you exhale, you can open the eyes, maybe move the body however you wish. And then, like I said, you can just, if you wish, um, if you have paper and pen, you can just note down your experience with it, um, what came up or what was present. And at one point, I said about whether perhaps, whether you could experience any feeling. Um, sometimes people, may not experience a feeling and that's often if we are heavily in that freeze response in the body because our body and our mind are doing everything they can to keep us safe at all times. So it's a 
kind of like a coping mechanism of safety. But this is where we, um, like I said, to, we have to feel it to heal it and we have to name it to tame it. Uh, that can be kind of a good wee mantra to use too. So that's where perhaps sometimes there can be deeper work to be done to come back into that yeah, space in the body. Yeah. How did you find that, Kim? A little disappointing. <laughs> well, oh, not, yeah. not you, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little disappointing, but no. Uh, in, it, which is a, a judgment, which is fine. That's what it felt. Mm-hmm. I, that's something that we worked with too. Like I don't have a lot of trust that I take care of myself. Do you know what I, like, I think that was a, like even just feeling more of a hug. It's like, yeah, like my thought process was more around like, yeah, be kinder to yourself. Mm. Like, and I, meaning that was a really beautiful exercise. I love the butterfly tap just because I love butterflies as well. Um, yeah, I think that's a really helpful exercise for me to just remember to take care of myself too. Mm. Tend to like drive the car, but leave myself on the side of the road and put other people in the, do you know, like, yeah, which is yeah. something and I think that's part of this process for me was like yeah which is that's a really helpful one thank you and I say disappointing is my thought process because I was like yeah still got some habits there which we'll work through of yeah yeah and naturally those and that that's the thing is though we can go back to those spaces of judgment and that's what's kind of beautiful about the activity or about the resources just having that awareness moment of oh wow okay so that's what's present at the moment but and this rocking motion can be really lovely because it's quite grounding and soothing so it's being able to it's also really good for our freeze response in the body and being able to kind of give ourselves that love and compassion so it's interesting you know it came up then as well so that could be even just doing that alone could be a nice thing for just a couple of moments. Um, doesn't have to be for too long, you know, just a couple of moments. There's also something powerful, I think, for me, like holding that heart. I often find myself like that is a pose that I sit in, which mm. I think I read in the like, you know, if you heal your body, you can heal yourself kind of stuff, like a need for mother, kind of that maternal, like it's like, almost physically having to have my hand on my heart as a way of trying to, yeah. Wow. So yeah, so that that actually feels really, I need to do that more because it actually makes me feel better to have my hand here as a physical. Yeah. You've taught me like holding my wrist. Yeah. 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 that's yeah. that's it's amazing just to have that awareness to know that that's actually a resource for you that you can use. It's like an anchor, right? Yeah, a way to self-soothe. It's just like, yeah, and I sleep like that too so it's yeah oh, my body wow. trying to help myself <laughs> so cute yeah, yeah. I so, love that, that. so thank you yeah that was beautiful and um we will do one more tool as well it's a wee bit longer but it'll be a lovely way to kind of finish up but I just want to I came across this quote that I want to share it's by Rumi I love Rumi's quotes like they just always resonate with me and it's quite, it's a little bit moving, or when I say moving, I guess a little bit emotional, but it, it is, um, and I've just got it noted in front of me, is that 
In this life, we will constantly be pulled between love and loss, grief and gratitude, pain and purpose. But how um, how brave it is to allow yourself space for the tension to know that seemingly opposite things can be true at once and to hold them in your hand at once and in your heart at once. Mm. And I thought that was really beautiful that it kind of allows you to, to know that, oh, wow, is that having the human experience is that we are going to have this landscape of every type of emotion we experience through life. So, and knowing that they can coexist. So having that grief can be there, but there can be some love or gratitude that can pop in as well. And that's okay. And like I said before, is that sometimes that that grief will pop up again and be like, hello, listen to me. (laughs) I don't want to be too happy there. Um, But being able to just, yeah, acknowledge that it is there. I feel like it sometimes walks walks alongside us. yeah, that it kind of, yeah, like I say, it ebbs and flows. So it, it can walk alongside us at times. Yeah. Yeah. That's a beautiful quote. I like that. Because that is, yeah, we spend a lot of time trying to numb and avoid feeling certain things. But you're right, it's actually part of the experience. How lucky are we to experience all the emotions, you know? Although it doesn't feel like that when you're going through it. It's no, that's right. It doesn't. Numb, it can, yeah. It's like that, you know, and often, you know, we're in those depths of dark places. That's where that light can shine through as well, right? Like I so heavily believe in the idea that when we go through that, those places that are excruciatingly painful is that there's also like often a beautiful learning to discover somewhere along the line. And it might not be immediately, it might not be for quite some time, but down the track, there could be something that where we can kind of tap into, um, or at least like to kind of, you know, be able to utilize it in some way. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So I'll take you through the second tool. This is a little bit different. I We may have, I think we've done this before, but um, I'll kind of create a little bit of a difference with it. More specific to say grief or anger or um, fear. And that tends to be the, that three cycle. I mean, there may be other things that are present as well that come up like guilt and things, but I'll um, can weave that in as well. And so this is being able to acknowledge and bring that emotion up, So we, but then be able to do something with it as well. So almost like we were talking about just a moment ago with how we'll experience sometimes joy, but then that grief comes up is almost this is making it purposeful so that we can go and experience some joy for a moment as well. Yeah. Okay. So making yourself comfortable where you are. And if you're right. at home, just <laughs> the heads up as well. Don't do any of this while you're driving. Great disclaimer. I'll mention that in the intro. Yeah. I always forget to tell people when I'm working with people in session, it's like, don't listen to your recordings when you're driving. lovely okay so just beginning to close down the eyes and you can take a lovely deep breath in and then a breath out a lovely long exhale and you can begin to just notice what you're feeling at the moment now you don't have to judge it positively or negatively I'm suggesting that you just become aware of what you're feeling now And as you notice how you're feeling authentically, 
and just allow yourself just for the purpose of healing to be present with that and for the purpose of learning for clearing it'll be helpful if you just give yourself permission to bring to mind something that's perhaps created that discomfort for you that's it and perhaps as you get in touch with whatever that might be at the moment, be it a feeling of pain or discomfort or persistent fear or worry or a feeling of grief or guilt or shame, you may notice how this feeling has been impacting you physically. And just allowing to Uncross the feet and uncross the hands if you haven't already done so. <laughs> and just allowing the hands to just be gently relaxed there. Good. Maybe hanging loose beside you and just breathing naturally. And just notice how you feel in your body right now. And you can let yourself think about whatever it has been or bothering you, or maybe it's just a feeling, or more of a feeling than a thought, or perhaps it's the other way around, more of a thought than a feeling. Just allow yourself to be present with whatever's been. Become aware of how you're feeling in your body or how it feels in your body. And just scan through your body just to notice. Notice how you feel in your throat, your chest, your belly, even your arms or your legs, and to give us a measurable shift on a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being, say, the worst. Measure any discomfort that you're feeling. From one to ten. And just make a note of it in your mind. And now with your eyes just remaining closed, make a fist with your right hand and squeeze it as hard as you can. That's it. Perhaps imagining your fist beginning to pull that hard feeling out of your body and into the fist itself. Whatever degree this happens is just right for you. Even just the physical squeeze itself is enough. And now take a deep breath in, a big breath in, and then breathing out deeply. Get all that breath out. That's it. Good. And now just release that fist and relax that hand. Good. And now I want you just to go ahead and open the eyes right up and just look up as if you're looking up to the sky. That's it. And then just closing the eyes down. And taking in a deep breath in. And then even sighing the breath out. Now I want you to let your mind and let those thoughts go somewhere completely different. Let your mind go to a time, maybe recent or maybe a long time ago, when you were having a wonderful time, where you felt wonderful. Maybe you were on a holiday or you were laughing at something that you heard. Or perhaps it just brought a smile to your face. And whether you recall 
one or many times like this, have you ever laughed until your face has got tired and sore? Or perhaps it might be a focus on a proud moment, something that you accomplished in your life with laughter, that yes moment where you just felt really proud. So either way, letting your mind go to that remembered good feeling. And as if you have a little control center inside of you, I want you just to adjust that dial, turn it up a little, turn up that good feeling just a little and amplify it just a notch to expand it. And as you concentrate on that feeling, you might even begin to feel a little lighter. Like the way you feel when you're dancing. Dancing can feel really good. And some people even like at this point in time just to stretch their arms out big. That's a beautiful opening the chest space up. And inhaling deeply. And exhaling deeply. And then you can go ahead and open your eyes all the way up. And then close the eyes down. And now I want you to make a fist with your other hand and squeeze it as tightly as you can. And notice the tighter you squeeze, the more intense this feeling can become. As though it's pumping through your body, just like the blood pumps. And then you can open your eyes, you can open them up all the way to the sky, looking up. And this actually sends a message to the nervous system of hope and positivity. And then you can allow the eyes to close and breathe in deeply and release. Now in a moment, I'm going to have you make a fist with both of those hands. And this allows to create some form of release. So we're releasing in one two, three, make a fist with both of those hands now and just hold those fists and take a deep breath in and hold those fists as you release that breath and just be with that and just notice the feeling right there. And then you can open the hands, you can relax them and release them, let them go limp, that's it. And take a deep breath in and exhaling. And then you can go ahead and you can open your eyes and look up to the sky just one more time or the ceiling. That's it. And another deep breath in and exhaling. Good. And you can just begin to notice, knowing that you measured that feeling just a moment ago, if you begin to measure it again, just noticing whether there's been any shift. And sometimes we can treat this as like a lather, rinse and repeat. So we can actually use this resource considerable amount of times. We could do it three times and it would only take us probably roughly nine minutes or so to do it three times. Um, And that can just allow us to reduce and release that built up stress chemistry or just allowing for that release a little deeper. So it's, Also a really helpful tool if you're anticipating something in the future that you're dreading or um, expecting it to be a difficult experience. So um, using this to be able to create some choices in those next few moments or hours and just meaning that kind of in a general context that you can utilize this in different, different ways, which is really 
great and um, yeah, helpful. That was great. Good. And it's a good way to shift thought too. I think like I, I, I won't use the word should because I already haven't. I good, this good. would be a good thing to do when I am in that like thought pattern of negative self-talk that just spiraling and finding everything you know like that was a good way practical tool to probably interject some of that a bit I also thought it was really interesting where the tension was and how I always when I do deep breaths with you always go to yawn because I obviously breathe really uh, shallow Uh like I don't I need to do some breath work because I I do, I think, in my life, have very shallow kind of breathing. So as soon as I'm doing deep breaths, I can't stop yawning. <laughs> yeah. So much ox- more oxygen going in my system that it's calming me down. <laughs> yeah, and those yawns are actually activating that um, rest and digest response in the body. So when people yawn, it's funny because they're always like, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm yawning. I'm like, no, it's great, it's fantastic. You're like activating that rest response in the body. Yeah. And it's interesting where the it's as soon as I go into a calm state, how rumbly my tummy gets in those moments. That's why I, I put you on mute because I was like, <laughs> put myself on mute. Oh, I didn't know. And yeah. I feel like I can, uh, doing those deep breaths and start doing those body scans, I realize how much tension is in my jaw that mm-hmm. always falls really high and how much is in my throat. Like, right. Um, yeah, and there's some really lovely That's somatic tools to be able to release the jaw, yeah. and also there can be tension around the eyes. So it's like we can do kind of those circular motions around the eyes, and we can also kind of press on these points just in here as well to be able to release tension there. And um, placing our, our tongue on our upper palate and just being able to let the jaw kind of hang low or just release that jaw. But as we place our tongue on our upper palate, it actually allows us to send a little pulse of endorphins through the body at the same time. So it can kind of be kind of a good wee tool to just sit with as well. Just to, wasn't, well, I wasn't anticipating throwing those in there, but that's great. Right, thank you. More <laughs> anything, anything that's helpful, that's right. Yeah. It is. It is. So much. And yeah, thank you for your, I mean, you've been an amazing addition to my life and so helpful. And I'm just really appreciative of your generosity to want to create this as a resource for other people. Um, if people are curious or want to work with you or kind of learn a little bit more about this work, where is the best place for them to kind of connect or find you? Uh, probably Instagram's the best place, which is um, the Instagram handle is be underscore hypnotherapy or otherwise my website, which is www.behypnotherapy.co.nz. I spell it because sometimes it can be a little bit confusing whether it's just one B or it's actually BE. Yeah. Yeah. So that's probably the best way. And I'm more than happy to chat to people or have those conversations. Um, like, like you said, a lot of people had contacted you because they felt like they were kind of, they didn't have the support because of say financials, which I never really want financials to be a block for people. So I actually always kind of can work out arrangements with them, but um, it's kind of really made me want to perhaps run some talks or um, use something in this space that can just be a couple of resources here and there. So they've 
got something to soothe them or soften things. Yeah. And I think I was really, um, really surprised by so many people like friends of my mum's or friends of Tom's mum or even their parents who perhaps went through this uh, experience a really long time ago and Mm -hmm. never um, spoke about like the amount of people who were like, oh, you know, I had that experience, you know, decades ago and I never really spoke to anyone who like now almost also having this layer of self-abandonment where they never really process but want to now. And I think that's a really beautiful thing that this conversation has kind of opened up as well as, uh, you know, my heart breaks for those people, especially, you know, so many women have contacted me who've, you know, had to birth babies and then just because of the time, you know, back in the day, they weren't even able to see that, you know, see them, they were kind of taken away. And so they've got trauma as well around that experience. And so I just want to also acknowledge that to people, like whether this happened this week, last week, years ago, decades ago, like, yeah, just that we want to hold a space to, to, this is a resource that's available for them too. Cause yeah, I'm sure you've got people who haven't dealt with or haven't given themselves permission to have an experience. hundred percent. And often it's something that can become quite, um, I guess, suppressed and unconscious that it's when you're working with people that perhaps are, you know, a bit older, um, you know, I don't know, 50s, 60s, whatever, that it's they go back to a moment in time where, say, something like this pops up to be processed. Um, and again, it's just a, it's being able to have that self-compassion piece to be like, okay, so it's here to process now. So we can, you know, it's okay to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a beautiful sisterhood and and men too you know I think it, this is a good thing to go through because they have a journey with it you know Tom's having his yeah. experience it as well and, and those tools you know the, the men can use as well so just you know if there are and naturally there's going to be men out there that are um, struggling with this in terms of obviously supporting their either their partner or whether it's hurting for them as well as being able to okay you can tap into these tools as well they're, they're not just for say you know the the moms to experience or the woman to experience as well yeah um well I love you dearly go and enjoy your beautiful day thank you again this feels thank oh here's Tom now and come say hi a guest appearance yeah bringing me a shirt on that's right hi, hi. Thank, you. thank you we were just saying that like we just did some resources and stuff and how important it is for men as well to be acknowledged and supported during the journey, you know, as well, because oh, right. you guys have your own journey yeah, with stuff. So Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Mm, yeah, 100%. Yeah. So nice to meet you. It's funny, though, because I feel like I semi-know you because I was like, watch Kim's stories or something like that, yeah. and yeah. you guys were traveling around the last six days or yeah, like whatever, whatever's going on. I'm like, yeah. It's He's funny. a... We're connected at the hip, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and congratulations as well on your engagement. Oh, thank you very much. You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. No, it's um. Yeah. Very yeah. exciting. Love Kim very much. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Thank right, you well, so we much. Love you very much. Thanks for doing this week. You're a bloody legend. So. Thank you. Awesome. Are you still in New Zealand, by the way? Or. 
Yeah, we're in yeah. Kawanui right yeah. now. Oh, of course you are because it's daytime. Otherwise, it'd probably be nighttime. Sorry. Yeah, it's lovely and it's going to be a beautiful day. So we're going to go take the kids and jump off the wharf, I think. Yeah, it's sort of time oh. to do something. We're all yeah, yeah. quite a lazy morning, just sort of slept in and just... I'm like, <laughs> Auntie Kimmy's yeah. doing a... Everyone be everyone quiet. Be quiet and just everyone <laughs> and quiet. <laughs> She's talking going. about her feelings on the internet. Go. <laughs> get out of yeah. Awesome. <laughs> no, it's good to get on early as well. So, yeah. Anyway, I Thanks. hope you guys have a beautiful day. And, yeah, we'll talk soon. Bye.